Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. Today on the show, I have Joanne Homestead. She's an email copywriter and strategist for passionate women entrepreneurs and coaches in wellness, well being, and mindset. She crafts connection driven copy that deeply resonates with, with your ideal audience. She's about genuinely connecting and converting your ideal clients into happy paying clients using the power of email strategy, genuine copy, and most importantly, storytelling. So welcome, Joanne. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. I know we talked last year, it seems like ages ago, um, and I'm excited to actually jump into our conversation all about how to leverage email marketing. Yes, I could talk about email marketing for many hours. So I'm excited here to talk about it. Great. Um, can you tell us a little bit of your background? I know you have kind of an interesting um, path to getting to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I, I know I feel like this has, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs in the last year who had a similar path where the pandemic has kind of pushed us to start our own businesses online. And so that is how I got to where I am right now. So I was a school teacher um, for many years, uh, teaching in elementary school as a reading specialist and as a classroom teacher and as an instructional coach for other teachers. Uh, and then the pandemic happened and I also have a three and a half year old right now. And I just wanted a more flexible schedule to be able to spend more time with him um, besides just having the summer break. And so the pandemic plus wanting a more flexible schedule, it just all kind of came together at the right moment. Um, and so I resigned from teaching and started my own business as a virtual assistant, tried out a whole bunch of different tasks for clients. And I fell, I kind of fell into the wellness and well-being world just with the clients I had. I just love working with them. They're just so they're just so grounded and um they're just very kind. <laughs> so I started to do a lot of content and copywriting for a lot of these clients as a virtual assistant. And so then I pivoted my business to be a copywriter. And then I niched into email copywriting because I realized that I just love emails. <laughs> um, I know social media is very popular, um, but I definitely have found my passion in email. So here I am now. Perfect. Well, I know that your story will resonate with a lot of our listeners because like you said, the pandemic has kind of 
shaken up a lot of our lives and and had us reevaluate, you know, how we want to spend our time and the types of things that we want to um, spend our day working on and making space for like our families and our children. Um, and also your sort of like meandering path a little bit of like trying different things and then coming to the thing that sort of lights you up. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners can relate to that too. Um, so I want to ask you to dive into your area of expertise why do you think email marketing is such a great tool for entrepreneurs? Well, email, I, I feel like some people think like, do people still use email? Um, is that a good marketing tool? It's actually one of the most effective marketing strategies compared to um, social media. It's definitely, I feel like it's more intimate and more personal then social media, people don't just give out their email addresses freely. It's it's a little more of a personal information to give out. So if someone gives you their email address, then you know that they they want to hear from you. So that that's where I feel like email is just that much more personal than social media, where you it's just easier to follow people on social media, but to give out your email address is just a extra step right there. Um, so it's a great place to nurture your leads if you're looking for um, more clients. And email can generate $42 for every $1 spent. So that's a 4,200% return on investment, which is mind boggling. I don't even understand how big that number is, 4,200%. <laughs> right, it's kind of hard to quantify it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so definitely in terms of email versus social media, the benefits are you can track the metrics in emails. Um, your email service provider gives you all those metrics you can look at, so you can adjust, uh, and segment and use that data to optimize your marketing content. Uh, there's no social media algorithm to fight with, which is really great. Um, and you know that 100% of your emails that you send out will get sent out to the recipients, so it, which is different than the social media algorithm. When you put some content out there, you know the percentage is very low as to how many people are actually seeing it. And it's a little more piecemeal, where I feel like email, you know that it's getting sent out, so you can kind of create a more curated journey for for your um, leads and clients. There's also higher click-through rates for email marketing um, versus social media. And the best part is you can automate your sequences so your email is working for you and you're not working for your email. So I would say those, those are like the biggest benefits to why entrepreneurs should use email marketing. Um, to grow their business, to nurture their leads, and um, to make more sales or to get more bookings if they're looking for more clients. Yeah, I I love that you highlighted so many good things about email. Um, but you're right; it's kind of like I think in the hierarchy, it's like social media. You know, we'll kind of give anyone our handle. Um, email. Mm, 
we're, mm-hmm. we're not so sure about that. And then phone number is like, oh, we're not giving that out to anyone yes. unless you really know that. <laughs> yeah, yes. But you're yes. right that, you know, email is still closely guarded. And, and because of that, it's like when someone lets you pass the gates right into your um, inbox that you do have a little bit of their trust, you know, factor working for you. And you can create those intimate like relationships with people. I know because I um, write for all different types of, you know, platforms, but I know when I'm in an, in an email and I'm writing it, I'm just, I feel different, right? Like a little bit more of me comes out. Like, I feel like I'm able to speak directly to this one person. Um, Whereas I think when I'm writing for social media, it's harder for me to feel that connection with the one person that I'm trying to uh, to reach. Um, and you're right. It's like, I mean, and having a really good email show up in your inbox that like makes you smile or makes you laugh or entertains you. It's like, it's kind of a treat in your day. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It definitely feels more one-to-one kind of like how you're saying when you write an email, it just feels more personal. Um, and you generally get email if, and if you write the emails, so it is more personable, it does feel like it's just coming from a friend and it doesn't feel like, uh, very business or salesy. Right. Right. It is just feel like you are fostering and nurturing like an actual relationship, which is I think what we want to be doing in our businesses. So you mentioned all the big benefits of having an email list, having email um, subscribers. So how do you get people onto your list and grow it so that you are actually reaching um, the people that you want to be reaching? Because it's one thing to be like, yes, amazing tool, but it's another thing to actually get people to opt into your email list. Yeah, it's a it's a different strategy. I know I kind of put social media and email marketing in the boxing ring together, but social media definitely has its place for marketing to, you know, definitely grow your audience. And it's a great place to promote your email list. So one way is through your social media. If you're on Instagram, you can definitely have a link to a free ma- a free lead magnet. And so if you create a freebie for it kind of just gives an incentive for people to join your email list. Um, social media is a great place to promote that in your Instagram bio. Also on LinkedIn, they have a feature section where you can put your free lead magnet link in there too. So people can sign up that way. Um, definitely talking about your free lead magnet is very important. Sometimes we create it, we put it in our bio, we put it featured here, and then we just forget to talk about it. But definitely talking about it in your posts helps a lot. Um, and giving your uh, followers a very direct call to action by saying, you know, if you want to learn more about X, Y, and Z, go to my bio and you can um, find the sign up link there to sign up. And then that can put them on your email newsletter. Um, and I, I've also seen this is a great strategy where uh, if 
to have that extra step for someone to go to your bio and click on your link is just too much. <laughs> then you can just give a call to action, say, just comment with the word freebie or free guide below, and I will send it the link directly to you. So that's another way. Also, if you have a website, that's a great way to promote your free lead magnet to get people to sign up for your email newsletter. Um, and instead of having the same pop-up on every page, because we all know that can get really bothersome, <laughs> trying the right word, um, you can have a, a pop-up in one page, maybe like an exit pop-up, embed it into the top of the page, maybe embed it uh, on your about me page, somewhere in the middle between a testimonial or something like that. Um, those are just ways to get people to sign up for your email list. So website, use social media, and also if you're just starting out personally asking people to sign up for your freebie. Um, takes a little extra work, but it works really well um, just to personally invite people and say, hey, I think this this will really help you on your journey to building your business um, or whatever it is. Uh, and they can, they'll most likely sign up that way too, if you're personally asking people. So there's just a few different ways to grow your email list, but, you know, definitely start with maybe your mom is on there, your family members, that's fine. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Yes. And so once you have people on your email list, talk to me a little bit about the welcome sequence and how important that is. Yeah, I see a lot of entrepreneurs. I would say I've, I've signed up for a lot of email lists just for market research purposes. And I would say 50% of the email lists that I joined don't have a welcome nurture sequence. And I feel like that is, you're just leaving the biggest opportunity out um, to reach and nurture your your new subscribers with a welcome nurture sequence. Also, because it's automated, it's one of those things where the emails are working for you and you're not having to work for the emails. So I kind of think of a welcome nurture sequence as a, it's kind of like welcoming someone into your space. You can talk about a little bit about yourself, but then also talking a lot about how you can help um, your you can how you can help your your people and uh that's the biggest thing to keep in mind when you're creating a welcome nurture sequence or even when you're writing your email newsletter is always thinking about how can you help the ideal clients that you have out there or your potential leads um because that's the biggest reason why they're signing up for your email is they have a pain point or multiple pain points and they want you to help them with it. So a welcome nurture sequence is a great place to start nurturing that and showing them how you can help them with um, tips or tricks within your expertise. Um, you can even talk about, mention your services or programs in your welcome nurture sequence. Just as I mentioned, you don't have to talk too much about it, but talking, uh, having some testimonials in there to show how you've gotten results for clients that you've worked with, um, 
even talking a little bit about behind the scenes. So the Welcome Nurture sequence is just a great place to start. What I really love about email is the storytelling piece. And that is building that no like trust factor. And that is what the Welcome Nurture sequence is best at is they're starting to get to know you, like you, and trust you by the end of a good sequence, which can be five to six emails. So you definitely want to keep it personal, like you're writing to a friend. So you mentioned a few easy ways for people to start in sequence. If maybe they don't have one set up, that's like five or six emails. Like maybe they can just share client wins or testimonials that they already have. Um, you know, maybe they can just share some other freebies or resources that they have and tell a little bit of their story. So it sounds like those could be good places to start if you don't have one yet that you've, you know, fully kind of fleshed out, um, but so that you can still take advantage of, you know, having the person on your um, email list and that opportunity to welcome them and get acquainted with you. So if you have a, so let's say an event and you know that's you're promoting that event and you'll have an email sequence for that. Do you pause the welcome sequence until after that event's over or do you do it in tandem? Because I could see how someone would feel like super spammed if they're like getting all your emails every day to promote your event. And then they're also getting this like six welcome emails every day. That's a great question. Um, generally, when you make a welcome nurture sequence in your email service provider, there's an option where um, they're, when they, like, they let's say they sign up for your free lead magnet, then they are automatically funneled into the welcome nurture sequence. And they, once they complete the sequence, then they join your if you have a weekly newsletter, then they join the newsletter. So they're not getting both at the same time. And I've definitely seen some email lists doing both at the same time. And that is very confusing for the subscribers because they are getting the welcome nurture sequence, but they're also getting their current, yeah, like they're promoting an event or something like that. And it gets very confusing. And that generally will end up as an unsubscribe because right. you want them, you want to take them through the welcome nurture sequence first, and then they get funneled into your newsletter where they will get, you know, current news. Right. Um, yeah. You don't want to overwhelm them and make a stressful situation for them inside their inbox. It's not fun right. for anyone. <laughs> and also I just remembered um, at the end of your welcome nurture sequence, you can also sell a low ticket offer. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs are are very hesitant to sell, even in their email newsletter, which is the purpose of the newsletter is to nurture, but also to sell. But it won't be salesy because of the way that you're you're nurturing your leads. So at the end of a welcome nurture sequence, if you have like a twenty dollar, thirty dollar, even a fifty dollar offer 
um, that's a product or it's a workshop or whatever it is, you can sell that at the end, but it doesn't feel salesy because you've built that no like trust factor in the sequence mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And you have set it up in a way that it feels like an easy step for them to take. It's like the next easy step for them to take with you. So you can show them how how you can give them those small wins because if you can give them those small wins with like a tip or trick and then with this small offer, then they're gonna want to take that next bigger step with you. And that's when they enter the newsletter. That's when you can start nurturing more too. Oh, I love that tip because I don't have that at the end of my nurture sequence. I'm like, hmm, what could I add at the end? That's like a small win, but still, you know, impactful. Um, and you're right, like it, it's a great opportunity to do that because you just finished, you know, creating that that trust. Um, so that's a great suggestion. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. Can we talk a minute about the format of an email and sort of what are the key things to hit? Because I know that there's a certain sort of cadence um, that comes with writing a really effective email. And so if you can share any tips around that or, or, or sort of what the flow should look like. Yeah, usually when I um, sit down to write an email, there's some basic things you need to keep in mind. Uh, one is the subject line and the preview or the pre-header text. So the subject line is that line that your reader will see when they when you send the email. That's the first thing they'll see before they open it. And then the preview or the pre-header text is the text that's, I guess this, the subject line is looks more bold. And then the pre-header text is kind of just in. Grayed out a little bit? Yeah, it's a little grayed okay. out. So, the subject line and the preview preheader text is actually really important because you can write all the most wonderful content in the world in your email. But if you don't have an engaging subject line and preview text, then your reader won't open it and then they won't see all that wonderful content. So definitely taking the time to write an engaging subject line, um, is very important, usually writing, I would say five different subject lines for one email, just so you can kind of hash out which one you might think is the most engaging one and then pick one to do. And then you can always do an A-B test with it to see what your readers click on more. And then the preview preheader text is great for adding a little extra Um, maybe even have part of your CTA in that, or you can have, um, for the preview text, you can have, uh, just a little snippet of something in the email that might catch their attention too. So that's just another area to kind of put in 
maybe how you're going to help them. Uh, that's a great place to also engage and to get your readers to open the email. So you want to look for, you know, an average open rate of 22% for an email newsletter. For a welcome nurture sequence, usually the open rate is higher because they've, they're, they've, they've just joined your email list. They're really interested and the open rate is usually around 50% for a welcome nurture sequence, which is why it's also so important to have one because that's when your readers are most engaged. Um, so those are two things, subject line, preview text, and then for the content in the email, this is where storytelling really comes into play here. Um, and for storytelling, a lot of people think like, what, what, what stories do I tell? I, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are just not sure what to write about, or they write too much, or they just don't have any direct on the content they're writing and then by the end they're they're not even sure what what was the point of writing the email and then they want to delete it all and then they don't want to write anything at all so um storytelling can be something as simple as you went for a walk in the morning and um you just had a thought about x y and z and then you can transition to talking about how your business can help them with um, your reader's pain point. It could be a story from your past, or it could be a story about a client. It could be a, a story about something that you're really interested in. Like if you're really, if you're a big Harry Potter fan, you might talk about something from Harry Potter and then connect it to your business. I mean, you can really talk about anything. And if you have a good segue, you can transition into like, how is this going to help you? And how can I help you with that? So um, the storytelling part in the email content is a great way to, you know, hook your reader in. Everyone loves a good story. They're engaged. You might entertain them. You might make them laugh. Um, and it's just a great way to connect and they get to know you more through it. It's just like a win-win-win situation. Yeah, I think it's a really great way to show your personality uh, with your audience and kind of make those sometimes surprising connections because I know sometimes people will share things and I'm like oh I didn't know they liked cats or <laughs> like Harry <laughs> Potter you know something where you know you never know what's going to connect with someone and resonate with them it could be the smallest of things um you know and that's enough to make that person feel you know a little more connected to you or like they trust you more or like this person gets me um you talked about segueing and you have this fabulous freebie that I think I just raved about when we were talking last time because it was just so helpful. Um, it did break down like what you could talk about. And the part that really stuck out to me was the part that I have trouble with is, you know, you're telling the story about the walk in the morning or whatever it was. And then you have to segue into 
your lead magnet, your event, your course, your intensive, like whatever it is. And to me, that part can get a little awkward. So do you have any tips around that? Um, I know you share them in your freebie, but um, if you could talk about them here, that would be great. Yeah. So this, this is kind of the most important part is, yes, you can tell a great story, but your reader's going to want to know, okay, what does this have to do with your business? <laughs> right. Why did so, you tell me about your breakfast this morning? <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's, that's yeah, in my free guide, that's kind of part three. So part one is the storytelling. You might be talking about your self-care routine that you do or whatever it is. Part two is you want to hook your reader in with a story starter. I call it the story starter technique. There are, I, I give seven different ways on how you can start it to hook your reader in to keep reading. And then part three is the segue where you're going to connect it to your business. So I've done this for clients where um, one of my clients is really prime mysteries uh, TV shows. And so, and she's a home organizer. So I connected her crime mystery um, passion to how that has to do with how she how she can help organize a home for her clients. Um, and it really can be, it can be anything, any story you can connect to your business. And so this is the segue part where you can, it's just a one or two sentences um, that just quickly transitions into what you're going to talk about in your business. So it could be like uh, what you can even ask the question of, what does this have to do with my business? It could be that blunt. Right. <laughs> um, it could be something like, oh, I think you can guess where this is going. Because sometimes the reader can kind of say, ah, oh, I think it's going. Um, it could be something as simple as uh, you're talking about your story and then you say, but here's the important part. And then you go into, um, you're talking about your business, your events, your program, your course, whatever. It, it could even just be a tip or something like that. Uh, so there's there's a whole bunch in the free guide I give, two pages worth of segues that, that just easily transition into talking about your business. And it doesn't feel awkward or weird. And it doesn't feel totally out of the blue. Yeah, that's the key part is not feeling awkward and just feeling natural. And it really made me uh, realize what an art that is <laughs> to the art of the segue. Mm -hmm. But yeah, though, I found those really helpful because I, I know it's something that I struggled with. So are there certain email service providers that you like over others? And then you talked about how important automation is so that your emails are working for you. In terms of that, are there providers that work better for that? And what are your thoughts? There are a million email service providers out there. And they can they can really all work depending on what your what your needs are, what your how comfortable you are with tech. Um, if you have a VA to help you with setting up automations, it just really depends on what's the best fit for your business. So 
some of the um, email service providers you can start if you're just starting out with. Um, some of the free ones are really great and easy to use. I would say MailerLite is free up to, I think, a thousand subscribers. Then you um, need to start paying. But they're very easy to use, uh, very user-friendly. They don't have immediate help if you need it, but you email them and they get back to you usually within 24 hours. They're very friendly. Um, and setting up automations in MailerLite is very easy to do. And they have um, help guides that, that make it very simple. So MailerLite, MailChimp is another free one up to a certain number of subscribers. I'm not sure what the number is. Um, I find some people have some trouble using MailChimp. I guess it's not quite as user-friendly, um, but that one's a great one and a popular one to use. Um, some that are paid, which they usually have a 30-day free trial, convert kit. That's a very popular one. It has a lot of more features. Active Campaign is another one that has a lot of great features. It's not as user-friendly. It's not quite as easy to navigate and kind of go down a rabbit hole in Active Campaign, but it has a lot of great features for automation, for segmenting, tagging. Um, a lot of people use it if they do a lot of webinars. That one's a great one to use. Uh, Flowdesk is a new one that just got out of beta testing and has really beautiful email. If, you, if you're looking for something with, if you have more graphics in, or visuals in your emails, Flowdesk is a really great one. Also easy to use, very simple. Um, those are the top ones <laughs> that um, I think are great to try out. Um, and I know there's just, there's so many out there. So most of those, I would say setting up an automation is, is pretty simple. Um, I would just say active campaign is the only one that takes a little bit more to learn. The learning curve is a bit higher, but it has a lot of great features. Yeah, it sounds like you have your pick, really. There are so many out there and it depends on, you know, what you're looking for, what your price point is, but those are some great suggestions. So if someone's looking to hire a copywriter, what kind of attributes, um, maybe experience should they be looking for when they're trying to find a copywriter for their business that fits their maybe style? Like what are the things that they should be looking out for? There are so many different copies out there. So definitely looking for one that's in your niche or industry. So for example, I work with clients in wellness and well-being. So I have a lot of expertise and knowledge within that realm already because of all the research I've done and all the work I've done for those clients. Um, another thing is looking at what kind of services they provide. Some copywriters have more broad services, so they can do um, copywriting for your website content, all the way to email marketing, to social, they'll even do social media content copywriting. 
Um, so it depends on what your needs are. If you're looking for copywriting for a lot of different things, you might want to find a copywriter who um, has many of those different services and can provide that. But if you're looking for a more uh, niche copywriter, for example, I am in just email copywriting, then you you might want to look for a copywriter who has um, just a more narrow focus um, to help you with whatever copywriting needs you need. I definitely know entrepreneurs have so much copy they have to write and everything from landing pages, you know, your just a landing page for your lead that that contain of copy, your website, your email, your social media, and it's a lot. So if you feel like you really enjoy, like really enjoy doing the social media, but you don't feel quite confident with your website copy, then you might want to hire a copywriter for that. Um, if you're really wanting to build your email marketing game for your business, then you'll probably want to find someone who does specifically email marketing because um, they'll know a lot of the industry statistics and they've had a lot of experience with that. As of that, you know, finding a copywriter who also fits your personality, I think is important. You want to work with someone who really gets you, gets, gets your business, gets your mission, just understands your vision, because that's really going to help them write better copy for your business. Uh, looking for a copywriter who understands your audience and knows your audience's language, understands what what their pain points are, how they talk. That's, those are all things that really help with um, writing copy for your business. Yeah, I think someone who can capture your voice is really important. Like you said, an understanding of your industry can't hurt for sure. Um, and I like though how you talked about like, hey, maybe you might have a strength in social media writing, but you don't really want to do the website or you like to write emails, but you don't want to do social, like kind of think about what parts light you up a little bit and that you enjoy doing and then hire strategically from that standpoint. Um, or if email marketing is a big part of your strategy, business strategy, hire some a professional to do that for you. So there's different ways that you can look at you know why you why you should hire how you know how you should hire um, someone to help you with your your writing because you're right entrepreneurs have to do a lot of content creation so <laughs> it's a lot also if if you find a copyright some you know a lot of copywriters have maybe a group program or they have a course you can take so if you feel confident enough with your writing or even if you don't. Um, you can find a good course that make you feel more confident. So you can, you can write your own copy if, if that's what you're looking for. Or if you just like, I don't have time for this. I just want to focus on the best in my business. Then a lot of copywriters have done for you services where they get it done for you. They, they know exactly what questions to ask 
to really understand your business at a deeper level and just write before you and you get it and that's it and you're done. Right. It. Yeah, they completely take it off your plate. Um, I didn't ask you this earlier when you were talking about you know, how you came to focus on email marketing, but what was it about emails that you, you know, drew you to finally like, no, I'm going to do email marketing specifically. I was uh, a VA for a arts and wellness and I was writing a lot of her email news and um, some, some of her other automated sequences. And I had written I think one of, I think it was the first email test that she had had me do. She wanted me to write kind of a short little welcome sequence for this art kit that when someone buys it, then they automatically go in this, this mini welcome sequence. And so I, I wrote it for her and she had it scheduled and it got, it got sent out and she immediately got a response from someone who emailed back and said, this is the best email ever. Oh. <laughs> I am going to, you know, I'm going to try this art kit when I have time. I'm definitely going to um, post it on my social media and tag you in it. And so she forwarded that to me and she said, just want to let you know how your email did. And I said, oh my gosh, I just love that feeling of making someone's day and making them laugh. And, and then they wanted to, they wanted to engage with it and then take it forward and tag tag them in the social media. And so that that was the first moment I said, oh, I think I really like this. And then the more email newsletters I wrote, the more I just I just loved taking my clients' stories. You know, I collect their stories and I I just loved I just loved crafting the story. Um but also crafting it in a way, not just for entertainment, but also there's like a call to action to it. There's you're, you're trying to get your reader to do something. I love that. And I can tell that it like really lights you up as you're talking about it. And I think that's a perfect way to end our conversation. Cause I love ending on that note of like, yeah, this is something that you just really have a passion for and I can tell and you're so knowledgeable about email marketing as a whole you've shared so many great tips and suggestions for listeners to use in their own email marketing I want to make sure that people know how they can find out more about you so if you would share um, any links or maybe freebies that you have yes so I do have my free guide which we uh, mentioned already. Um, it's called Three Easy Steps to Make More Sales with Connection-Driven Copy and Genuine Storytelling. Um, and I really break down exactly how to write email newsletters. I do provide um, prompts, but really the, the purpose of the guide is to help you almost have limitless amount of ideas. Like you won't ever run out of ideas for your email newsletters. You don't ever have to fear writing paralysis anymore. Um, and it goes step-by-step step exactly how to craft your email so it's engaging, it can be valuable, and it provides a very um, 
clear and intentional direction to your newsletter. So you don't feel like you're lost in what you're trying to write about. I am also on Instagram uh, at Desk Plant Creatives. I believe I have dots in between, desk.plant.creatives. Um, and then I'm also hopping on LinkedIn more. So I will be posting a lot of free content on there as well. Um, on LinkedIn, which is my name, Joanne Homestead, and then copywriter. And then also through my email list. So I do have a weekly email newsletter. Of course. And if you sign up for the free guide, it will automatically sign you up for the weekly newsletter. I keep it light and painting. It's just kind of fun. And I give a lot of um, copy tips on email marketing copy tips, but also just more general copy hacks and all everything you'll ever want to know about storytelling as well. Love it. And if you want to check out a probably really fantastic welcome sequence, hop on Joanne's email list because I'm sure it's fabulous. Yes, you can see an email welcome sequence. I think at the end I do say you can you can use this as a as a template. Template. So there you go. You get even more value other than the fabulous freebie. So Joanne, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing um, all your tips around email marketing. Yes, thank you for having me. Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive